Barely two years after his sweeping electoral victory over his Republican rival, Governor Gavin Newsom is fighting for his political life. Outside money, and plenty from inside the state, has placed Newsom's name on the ballot, along with 46 Republican challengers, hardly any of whom have any political experience, and many of whom are unknown to the general public. It seems scarcely possible, but up until about two weeks ago, it seemed that Newsom might lose largely because of a bizarre quirk in the language of the recall measure. To stay in office, Newsom must win 50% plus one of the votes cast. If he forces a percentage point short, the biggest vote getter among the challengers becomes the next governor of California. At this point, the leader of that group is ex-talk show host Larry Elder, who is now polling at around 17% of the total vote. That 17% could defeat, hypothetically, the 49.9% we assume Newsom may get. KCSB reached out to Gene Guerrero, opinion columnist for the LA Times, who has written a number of columns on the recall. And that was the first question. Exactly, because the winner on the question number two only needs a plurality of the vote. He, he or she does not need the majority of the vote. So even if Gavin Newsom has far wider and greater support in California, it is possible that because of some frustrations with the pandemic that many uh, people are, are putting on, on Newsom himself, uh, that that's, you know, some people may express their frustrations with the pandemic by voting yes on the recall. And then, um, and then they'll end up getting someone that they don't like at all. Um, and that's mo- what's most likely going to happen uh, if if the recall is successful, which it doesn't seem like it's going to be at this point. But if it is successful and it will be, there is still the risk that it will be successful if not enough people, not, not enough Democrats turn out. Um, and if it is successful, then Larry Elder, who is... Uh, who was one of the mentors of Trump's senior advisor, Stephen Miller, and who has incredibly anti-immigrant viewpoints and uh, is is to the right of Donald Trump on on many issues of racial justice and and immigration. He would he would become the governor and he would completely turn things upside down in this state, which has, you know, in recent years become one of the most pro immigrant and pro-Latino states and pro-racial justice states in in this nation. Guerrero reminds us that Newsom has been running a campaign while dealing with all the emergency problems of the COVID pandemic, which has hit the Latino population especially hard, the climate crisis, wildfires and drought, for which he's been personally blamed. Newsom's concern for public health is also his promotion of the wearing of masks in public places has particularly angered those of the right who see such an advice as an infringement of their personal freedom. Politically, it's been a concern for the Newsom campaign that such a natural pool of voters for a candidate who has done so much for them has been slow to rally behind him. Jean Guerrero admits that her people are by nature slow deciders, and this is partially explained by the harsh conditions of daily life where politics do tend to take a back seat. Nonetheless, she now sees an encouraging sign of a change of commitment. Because of the fact that so many of us are essential workers um, and, and, and just, you know, trying to provide for our families um, and, and just, you know, the culture, we like to take our time and, and consider the pros and cons of everything before we make a decision. And so 
Um, now we see that that is actually shifting. Um, initially, Latinos were being flooded with disinformation on social media, uh, right-wing dis uh, disinformation, um, anti-Newsom propaganda, um, you know, trying to cast him as uh, an elite who doesn't care about working class issues when in fact he has been the most pro-working class, one of the most pro-working class governors we've ever seen. He does look slick and has an air of being an elite and his, um, the con, you know, the scandal where he was uh, dining at an expensive restaurant with some friends without a mask only aggravated and sort of confirmed a lot of people's ideas about the type of person or type of leader that he is. But when you look solely at his actions, I mean, he has invested more heavily in public education uh, than any previous governor we have ever seen, including, um, you know, providing two years of free community college, um, driving down the cost of textbooks, which are far too expensive for a majority of working class Latinos and Californians overall. Um, he's uh, prioritized high-risk Latino neighborhoods for COVID vaccines, uh, provided housing for Latino farm workers so that they can isolate if they test positive for COVID and won't spread the disease to their family members. Um, he has taken a number of measures that have shown a priority for the Latino community, um, you know, expanding health insurance to undocumented seniors, you know, our, our, our abuelos, our, our grandfathers, our grandparents who have sacrificed so much for us. Um, and a lot of people say, you know, he's, he's prioritized um, the undocumented population and that's not, that doesn't necessarily matter to Latinos, but the, the fact of the matter is that, that unless you're in the wealthy elite of Latinos, we come from mixed status families, you know, often first generation, second generation immigrants. Um, and many of us, not, not all of us are, are citizens. Some of us have green cards, which make, because of the draconian policies that Trump put in place, you know, even people with green cards, uh, if they commit minor crimes, could end up getting deported. One should pay attention to the long list of issues the governor supported that would improve the lives of all working class Californians and certainly Latinos involved in essential work in the state, as well as to the false accusation that he's paid too much attention to those of foreign parentage or those even born abroad. The coded message here is that Newsom has not paid enough attention to the interests of white Californians, a familiar trope of white nationalist sentiment. Such measures include support for young people currently protected by DACA legislation. Guerrero takes note of the increased understanding of the stakes at play in this election and the awareness that Latinos have an ally in the governor's mansion and in the legislature as well. She's now far more optimistic about the final outcome. This is an election where there is a lot at stake for our communities, but we are sort of late deciders. And, and the polls are now showing that uh, that Latinos overwhelmingly support keeping Newsom in place so that they've completely shifted and, um, and things are looking much more optimistic for Newsom. The Newsom campaign has learned, learned criticism itself for a perceived lack of energy earlier in the campaign. But no more. The governor's been all over the state touting his programs designed to keep working people healthy, safe, and in their homes. He's garnered support from powerful allies in Washington, including Bernie Sanders, and also the Vice President Kamala Harris among them. He received plaudits for his appointment of Latinos 
to fill prominent positions of power, Alex Padilla to the US Senate, Rob Bonta to replace Harris as California Attorney General. And he will certainly benefit from the mobilization of the family networks within the Latino community, the mothers, the grandmothers, reminding their families and family members on a daily basis how much they stand to lose with their replacement of Newsom by a right-wing Republican. And a lot of that has been Newsom, you know, campaigning directly in Latino communities with Spanish language advertisements and uh, looping in Bernie Sanders, who generates a lot of enthusiasm among young Latino voters. Um, he has started to, to really communicate all of the actions that he's taken for the Latino community, like the ones that I mentioned, in addition to appointing um, Latinos to significant positions of power. For example, our first Latino senator, Alex Padilla, and, um, and just really communicating that message. And uh, the other side of it is that Latina matriarchs, you know, head, heads of the family, often women, um, have, have been... Uh, launching a concerted effort to reach extended family members and to really spread the word among their community and make sure that everybody is aware of what is at stake here. There is little doubt that this recall effort illustrates the politics of resentment that poisons virtually all political debate in the country. This resentment is fueled by a racial fear and anger across social media and a variety of networks. Jean Guerrero, who refers to the language of the recall backers printed on the ballot, accusing Newsom of being far too friendly towards those born in other countries with no claims or automatic rights in the United States. The fact that this election was launched by anti-immigrant nativists who were upset with Newsom for taking such pro-immigrant, pro-Latino stances. Um, I mean, if you look at the voter information guide that comes with the ballot, there's a statement of reasons for the recall. And the first two sentences talk about Newsom being too nice to foreign nationals and, um, and undocumented immigrants. Um, so there's no ambiguity here as to what this election is really about. There's a lot of disinformation, a lot of confusion. But once people understand wh- wh- why this is happening and, and who has the most to lose, um, they begin to spread the word within their own communities. And, and, and that, that is what the polls are reflecting now. The resentment is rooted in the result of the 2020 general election, with Republicans still contesting the result, claiming the election was rigged and the result therefore illegitimate. In California, Trump received under 40% of the vote. The previous year, Newsom himself swept a victory, trouncing his challenger by a very similar margin. Without a serious understanding of the need for of policies to tackle the COVID crisis, protection of the environment, availability of affordable housing, the Republican Party seems doomed to several more years in the wilderness. Guerrero spells out the serious damage conservative, even a reactionary governor, could do to the political landscape in California, and indeed across the nation, even if he governed under two years and with veto-proof opposition majorities in both Senate and Assembly. Should senior Senator Dianne Feinstein, for example, be forced to step step down, step aside in the interim for health reasons, he could appoint a Republican of his own ilk to the Senate in DC. This would overturn the delicate balance that has allowed Democrats so far to enact at least some 
helpful legislation. We turn briefly to the leader of the Republican PAC, Larry Elder, the ex-talk show host who appears to claim about 70% of the uh, total vote so far. Jean Guerrero offered a catalogue of the policies he would promote if elected. She also reminded us that Elder, who has learned uh, from the late Rush Limbaugh, has also mentored Stephen Miller, the behind-the-scenes architect of Trump's most draconian immigration policies. For more on him, listeners should actually check out her book, the Miller biography, which entitled Hate Munger. He doesn't believe in any kind of COVID uh, restrictions. He doesn't mm-hmm. believe in mask mandates. He doesn't believe in vaccine mandates. N- no matter how bad things get, he wants to let people do whatever they want. And, and that includes not wearing masks. Um, he doesn't believe in doing anything about climate change. You know, he used to d- be a climate change denier. Now he says that he believes in it, but that he doesn't believe that it's worth doing anything about. Um, in fact, he would increase fracking. So he would turn California from a, you know, pro science, pro climate, um, you know, pro- climate leader, climate, you know, a leader in environmental action into, into the yeah. complete opposite. Um, and, and he wants to scale back all of the progress that California has made on immigrant rights and racial justice. For example, he does not believe in the sanctuary laws that we have put into place, which are meant to encourage uh, Latino and other immigrant communities to feel safe interacting with the police and, and, and reporting crimes without fear of deportation of themselves or of, of their loved ones. She added that Elder also prefers much harsher designation illegal aliens to describe undocumented residents. Jean Guerrero's columns offer a stark contrast between the views of the warring parties in the recall election, as well as a refreshing picture of the true origins of some of those opinions. They are also a warning against complacency with the false assumption that an individual vote does not count. Much is at stake here, and nothing can be taken for granted. The Newsom camp can probably take comfort from a headline in Saturday's LA Times, Newsom likely to keep his job, new poll shows. But there's also a warning that failure to pay attention to serious criticism can undermine the most stable regime of any party in power. This is Harry Lawton reporting for KCSB.